welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast put on by Sped Homeschool, as well as the founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges. And I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. And some of the best resources we have on our website are services offered by our partners. And we just happen to have one of our partners on as our guest today um, for this show. Um, Heather Walton, um, I'm just, sorry, <laughs> Heather Walton is with us um, and she is from A Plus um, Educational Education Solutions and um, we are going to be talking about homeschool choice in a variety of different ways this month, but today we're specifically going to be focusing on school choice options for homeschooling because um, as Heather and I were chatting before this broadcast began is that a lot of times we think homeschooling looks only one way, maybe the way that um, our neighbor does it <laughs> or um, somebody else on the internet. And we don't realize there are so many options for homeschoolers and even more so now that um, after the pandemic. So, um, so Heather, thank you for joining us and for um, sharing on this topic. I'm super excited to hear what you have to share. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be your guest. Yeah, I'm having you back. Um, so Heather's been on our show before, and um, actually we are almost starting our our fifth year. <laughs> I can't believe that. So this show's been going for quite a long time, and um, and so we've covered a variety of subjects. But this month, school choice, we've never really covered for an entire month. So that's um, that's exciting. As we get started, though, Heather, I would just love for you to share with our audience a little bit of your homeschooling story and. And then how you support families who home educate. Okay, great. Yes. Well, um, I've had what I call my homeschool journey 1.0 and my homeschool journey 2.0. And so with my 1.0, you know, I started homeschooling when my oldest was five years old Mm. with all kinds of hopes and dreams and a specific way I thought it was supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, That was back in 2003. And um, what I did not realize was that my first child would be a struggling learner. Mm. And um, it took her about three years to learn to read. Uh, And uh, I was uh, very, uh, it was, it was difficult, let's say. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we're both in tears by the end of it all. But, um, and so (laughs) after six years of plugging along and and getting a lot of resistance um, and family members telling me I shouldn't be homeschooling, uh, I gave into that and sent my uh, older two girls to school, one to a, a school for students with special needs, and then once she got kind of caught up there to public school, and the other one straight to public school. Um, and then uh, because I love teaching and had a heart for special uh, needs learners, I went back to school and got my master's mm. in elementary and in special education and then taught for a while in the public school. And then I had another student, uh, another child who had some special learning needs, and he was in Christian school, um, but that just was not working. And mm. so um, I actually started my own school and ran that for four years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had uh, another child and um, actually had a, a brain hemorrhage and a stroke after that. And mm. so I was no longer able to run my school. And so the Lord brought me back to homeschooling. Um so with my 2.0 journey, I've got my two boys that are in high school, and now I have a five-year-old, and we have a foster child who we're raising, um, who awesome. is almost two, and we're supposed to be raising him all the way through. So I've yeah. got uh, three whole crews, but now I'm at home and using a variety of things with um, my my different children based on their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of it all, I have started my own business, A-plus Education Solutions, uh, where I do homeschool consulting. I do testing. I can test children uh, for learning disabilities and autism and, and different things. Um, also, just if you want to know how your child's doing, you know, progressing, even if they don't have special needs, mm-hmm. I can test them and I can even do it online. So um, I can do that. I do homeschooling consultation and homeschool co-op consult- startups co- consultation um, and um, also have some tutors that I can uh, provide That's for awesome. uh, struggling students. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I have your website up on the screen. I know um, we're all, we also turn this into a podcast, so I'm going to read it out loud, but it's A plus education solutions. And the website is a plus educational solutions.com. So just um, to, to notice those, those differences. And then that way you can, can find um, Heather's resources um, online. And um, I see we have quite a few viewers joining us. If you are watching live, just know that the benefit of that is that you can make comments and questions in the feed, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. And um, we will include those as much as we can into our conversation. So um, if you have questions, today's topic is about just different options that you have as a homeschooler. Um, and oh, our, our first guest um, from Facebook is asking, where are you located? Apologies if you went over this. Um, I actually, I didn't even read your bio. So yeah, you're in Kentucky, right? Yes, I am right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, but, but your services are a lot online. I, they are. Yeah. I can do in-person okay. and online. So mm-hmm. yes, I, can, I service stu- uh, students all the way as far as Washington. Okay. So yes, <laughs> I can certainly um, work with anybody anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's the beauty of uh, being everything so virtual now. Um, not always the best solution, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. Um, but but sometimes it's even a better solution than in person for some children. So um, yes. we, we'll, we'll talk a lot about that today. But, you know, when we talk about homeschooling options, how have you seen these options change over the years, especially since the pandemic? Um, and then can you help our, our watchers and eventually listeners as we turn this into a podcast and understanding how some of these options may be available to them um, based on state laws as well? Because sure. a lot of times we, we talk about options and then somebody says, oh, I can't do that in my state. And we, it's good to have some understanding why for that as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think, you know, the options have just exponentially increased. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I was homeschooling a long time ago, I didn't know. I mean, there was practically nothing online. Um, right. Yeah, no, that's when I started too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember getting a book about how to homeschool your children for free, and it had all these like links to websites, and I thought that was amazing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, that was just like an innovative thing back then. But now, mm-hmm. you know, it's just assumed that you're going to use online learning in some way, shape, or form. with, you know, with homeschooling or any kind of education. Um, I think what I would say is even before the pandemic, it it was becoming to where people were doing a lot more things online and Mm -hmm. fewer things in person, um, just maybe for convenience sake. But um, Mm -hmm. I I guess I have just seen it morph into where you have also a lot more options for students who do struggle. You can do a lot of things that will tailor Mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's a, a lot more just curriculum options in general, mm-hmm. as well as options for you to either go somewhere. I think depending on where you are in the country right now, too, you're probably starting to see a resurgence if, if a lot of co-ops and, and cottage schools and other out, you know, in-person options were going away. In some areas, mm-hmm. they're coming back um, mm-hmm. and, and more people are wanting to get out again. Mm-hmm. But um, the online options have just really increased especially mm-hmm. in the past two years. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know you had some slides. Should I bring those up to... Um, oh, let me address, though, the thing about the states. I forgot about that. Yes, like, if, yes. you, if you want to talk about laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you definitely need to be in touch with your state laws. And um, I would say HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, is right. a great place to start, or mm-hmm. um, they can direct you to your local organization or your state organization that will have Correct. your understanding of your state laws. Some states require you to have like an umbrella organization mm-hmm. um, or an accredited program of some sort, and they can they can tell you what those are. But you know there are accredited things online. There mm-hmm. are those kinds of things that you can take part in now that were not available even two years ago. So mm-hmm. I think pretty much whatever you might need, you can find something out there. Right. Yeah. It's just having the right connections and searching and really HSLDA is great for the state laws. You can actually, they pull up a map, you can click on your state and it'll bring up the laws and, and then also your state organization. They usually have those listed on there and also on our website at spedhomeschool.com. If you go to the getting started section, we also have links for every state law as well. So that, that may be helpful to you to understand that. So, yeah. All right. 
So you had some slides about different homeschooling options. So I'd love to dive into what you have pulled together. Um, okay. Sure. So um, obviously, you know, you could do homeschooling all by yourself on your own. But <laughs> if you want to do something else, there are a lot of options. So there are in-person learning options, as I just kind of alluded to. You mm -hmm. can come. There are cooperatives and drop-offs. Now, in where I live, we call those um, co-ops and cottage schools. I know okay. in other places they might call them, you know, different things. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the names that they might call them in different places. But um, right, like a hybrid a program. Yeah, or a tutorial Sometimes. or mm -hmm. a pod. There's all these different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, you can do some kind of a cooperative learning in the homeschool community, which might be an organized co-op under mm -hmm. the umbrella of a homeschool organization or um, a, just a group of people who've gotten together in a church or community center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you can organize something like that yourself in your home mm -hmm. or with a group of other people who meet wherever you want. And you can make that look like exactly. anything you want it to, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are also drop-off learning programs where you can drop off your child for lessons or for classes or for a social mm -hmm. engagement or athletics or whatever. So there's a lot of those kinds of in-person things um, and, and some people prefer that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and there's pros and cons to each kind of option. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I started a pod before it was a pod and I didn't know I was like starting a trend. <laughs> it was what my kids needed. I mean, they only, we had two other families and the curriculum that we used just suggested, well, find two other families like, you know, you can share some lessons with. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. But <laughs> yes, and I've done that in my home as well. I have mm -hmm. done that in my home and I have also done drop off in my home where people have paid me to teach their kids or where I've right. come together with other other parents to teach. So I've done both mm. in my home as well as in the community. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a son who does um, who, who you know goes to a program for um, performing arts once a week and that's another awesome. one who goes to an art class, you know, so mm -hmm. you have those kinds of things. Um, and, and both of them have their own special needs as well. So, right. um, but I would that say, you know, great for special interests, especially, and especially like if you want to teach something that you love, well, why, why wouldn't you share that? And also, you know, other people can benefit from your love of that, that subject when maybe they don't want to teach it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> yes. So I had some tips for in-person options. Um, yeah. you know, I, I would encourage everybody, find a program that shares your family's values, yes. your worldview, mm -hmm. and your educational philosophy. So what I mean by that is, you know, what things are most important to your family? What's your family mm -hmm. about? What are your learning goals for your child? Somebody might say, well, this such and such program is great, and it works great, and it worked great for their kid and their mm -hmm. family. But if it doesn't suit yours, then it's not the right program for you. Right. That is um, so Yeah. Good. Yes. And then worldview, how do you see the world? How do you view the world? I, I have a biblical worldview. I want mm -hmm. anything that my kids are connected to to have a biblical worldview yeah. because I don't see them as ready to go out and evangelize the world yet. I'm still working on helping them to shape that worldview. And so I want the other adults and influences in their lives to share that worldview as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so I do look for that. Yeah. And then educational philosophy, you know, there are various if you're exploring homeschooling, you'll find all these classical, Charlotte Mason, eclectic, you know, Which whatever. We covered last January on this show. Okay. So if you want to go back a year, <laughs> we got a whole month on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you might, you know, there might be a co-op that has a great reputation that has a classical bent, but your kid may not be a classical learner or that might not even right. be what you want. Yes. Or it may be that you only want classical. So, so check mm -hmm. into what, what those things are um, and what programs are available that have that. So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. That's the foundation, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and then make sure that those in charge of that program are know of any relevant information about your child's learning needs or social needs, mm. because a lot of times kids with special so needs. so important. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they might just think your kid is acting up. Yes. You know, that's usually the case. And then, <laughs> right. Yeah. Then it doesn't last long if you don't have that communication open. Well, and what if you have a non-reader, an older non-reader, mm -hmm. and they're calling on different students to read, and then your kid doesn't, or they're embarrassed, or whatever. Right. I mean, you mm -hmm. want to make sure that they know of that in advance, mm -hmm. and that they're okay with it, because right. they true. might be a great co-op or a great program, 
but they may not be suited to your child's needs. And mm. that's not, there's, that's not necessarily wrong, but it's better to find mm-hmm. that out before you go into it yes. than after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cause you've committed a lot of time and energy and usually funds um, before yes. that happens. And then it's just difficult. It's difficult to get out and, and yeah, find a better it situation. Mm-hmm. And feelings get hurt and your child may be, you know, upset about things. And so you just don't want that to happen. Right. And so yeah. it can, but you want to avoid it by communicating on the front end. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, yeah. Find out whether your families are like-minded and welcoming. You know, you mm-hmm. can get the feel of it and, and it, Again, might be a great group, but it might be might be your group, may not be your group. But you know, if there are things that are really important to you that your children are exposed to or not exposed to, or if there are things, you know, um, even doctrinally, sometimes people get upset about approaches that people have, and so just want to make sure that they're like minded and that they're welcoming. Because chances are, if you have a struggling learner, you definitely want them to be a welcoming community, right? Yeah, um, and make your mm-hmm. child feel at home and make you feel at home because you may have had experiences in the past where you feel ostracized or you know that right. kind of thing just because of something that happened with your child. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and then I decide whether you can be involved in the program or you should be involved in the program. You know, you may want a drop-off program because you need a break. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you need time to get something done. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Or you may want to be there. You may have a child who is not, does not do well if you leave. Mm-hmm. So you have, to, you have to gauge those things as well. Right. And it's, it's almost like setting goals um, internally as to what is the purpose that we're using this program for. Is it to help with social skills, but in a classroom environment? Or is it to give me time? Um, and this is just, you know, an extracurricular or something where my student can thrive while I, I have that time. But but going in ahead of time, knowing what you want out of that and what you're, you want out for yourself and your child, it, it just really helps set up that structure when you're going in. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and use options that allow your child to learn and grow. I, you know, I, I would say, you know, don't force something that, that doesn't work, but you know, and don't, I wouldn't necessarily try to get them involved in something that is just going to pull them down or try to put them into a mold that mm-hmm. they're not made to fit in, but find right. things that will actually allow them to learn and grow. So I gave the examples mm-hmm. of my sons earlier. And so, you know, one of them is, is very artistic, artistic. So I have him in art classes mm-hmm. that are in a group environment, but I also have another child who's very into the theater and the music and all mm-hmm. that. And so this program that he's going to allows him to learn and grow. But if I tried to say, well, you need to learn this or that, that they're not even interested in and that they don't necessarily need to learn and try to make them fit in that because it seems like the right thing to do, they're not, they might be stifled. So, you know, I just try to find things to help them learn and grow in all Mm -hmm. of my homeschooling. Right. Because they're each different individuals and that's the beauty. You have that freedom to do that. Um, Depends on how many kids you have and how many places you have to take them <laughs> as to how much freedom you have. But yeah. still, um, if you, you gauge it right, that you can still get in those things for each of your kids. So love that. Yes, yes. And, you know, you got to think about yourself, too. And what can you handle? How much, mm-hmm. like you said, how much commuting and all of that. Um, so, you know, that that helps you to be content with it. But we got to think about the fact that we're told to train up our children in the way they should go. Train yes. a child in the way he should go. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the way I think he should go. <laughs> you know? That's a good reminder. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, you got to study your child. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Because what works for your friend's children may not work for yours. Um, right. Yeah. But then yeah. if struggles arise, address them wisely. You know, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily just say, well, you know, this didn't, this isn't working. They had a meltdown. We're done. Let's leave. You can try yeah. to work through yeah. it with the leadership. Mm-hmm. But if you find that, you know, it's just really not going to work, it also give yourself permission, Mm. you know, not to just run away. But if you've really tried it and they've really tried it, give yourself permission to bow out if it doesn't work and don't feel guilty about that. Yeah. 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 We learn from the the good experiences and we learn from the the, the bad ones. Um, And we just have to look at as it as a learning experience and and nothing more, not blame our children, not blame ourselves for not seeing what could possibly happen. It's just, right. We just have a better perspective when we move past that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's so good. 
right. Should I go to the next slide? Yes, please. All right. Okay. Well, for online learning options, you know, there are a lot of options, but I wanted to give a couple compare and contrast. So mm -hmm. with, there's synchronous, which is basically online, live learning, and then asynchronous, which is, you know, they're not online with other, with the teacher and other students. Okay. Um, and then self-paced, which is they go at their own pace mm -hmm. versus a course or instructor pace. They have to have assignments in at a certain time and they're graded mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, this, the pace is set by the instructor. Yeah. 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 Those are good to remember that those are all options within there. Yeah. So just kind of ex uh, um, explaining those a little bit with the synchronous is with being alive with an instructor present. The pros of that is that you have a real teacher present and they're... Mm. Um, you know, they're actually teaching your child and responding and, and, and doing interaction. Um, mm -hmm. and, and there may be interaction and engagement with other students if it's a classroom setting. Um, right. And so that, for some students, that's a pro. <laughs> you know, they, they <laughs> like being able to interact with other students. Maybe they feel like they, you know, they, they want that social, but they maybe don't want to mm -hmm. be in person. Right. With that yes. social, you know, it's not for people to walk distance. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's easier to, for some to interact on a screen than it is uh, in person. And I think we see that increasingly with that generation anyway. We have, yes. Mm -hmm. um, that gives you a little more accountability because if a student mm -hmm. doesn't show up for class, you know, the teacher sees that. Right. Or if they leave or if they turn the camera off or whatever, the teacher mm -hmm. sees that. Um, and it may keep them on track with pacing. So if you're looking at wanting your student to stay on track and mm -hmm. not just go at their own pace, a synchronous can be, a synchronous option can be really good. And I speak from experience because I actually teach online this way and I have um, children who are taking classes in this way. So, um, you know, those are some of the pros. Now, there are also cons to that. Right. If you want to show the next slide. Mm -hmm. um, it can be, pacing can be a con as well as a pro. So if exactly. you've got a student who just can't keep up with pace and they're just always feeling that they're struggling, mm -hmm. um, that can be an issue. And also, especially middle schoolers are so mm. self-conscious on a screen. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yes, it's, that age. They, mm -hmm. Yeah. They think, you know, they're the only one that everybody's looking at, but really <laughs> nobody's looking at them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and I explain that to my middle schoolers that when I'm teaching, but it, you know, usually they warm up to it, but some students, mm -hmm. especially kids on the autism spectrum, mm -hmm. you know, may need a situation where they can at least turn a camera off um, and not be seen all the time. Mm -hmm. And the other thing could be the determined curriculum may or may not work for your family. So if you want more right. say in your child's education, then, you know, synchronous live classes may not be the best for you. Yeah. Yep. But mm -hmm. they do have a lot of benefits um, for, you know, for families. And I'll go a over a little bit more right. of the on benefits with the online learning as a whole. Mm -hmm. But right now, just kind of looking yeah. at synchronous versus asynchronous. Yeah. yeah. And my kids didn't use that till college. You know, it's, it, it's just what I knew that they could could do and so this this just wasn't something and, and even some of the other options my daughter's begging can we just do it with you <laughs> yeah so you, you got to listen to your kids too and yeah um, and and take those pros and cons into consideration and do what works best totally yeah so the asynchronous uh pros would be you know they don't have to be online with an instructor they're kind of able to do their class whenever they can throughout the week. It's a little mm -hmm. more flexible. Um, can may cause less anxiety for those who, you know, don't want to be in a, a live class. Mm -hmm. um, some are self-paced entirely. I mean, most of them are self-paced and that you can watch it whenever you need to throughout the week, mm -hmm. but the assignments might be due on Saturday night or Sunday night or something like that. Right. Yeah. But mm -hmm. some are completely self-paced where you just do it at your own uh, speed and the parent is going to give the grade or they might yes. even get a grade on uh, from the institution, but they don't have to do it mm -hmm. at a certain pace. Um, and just it may, that kind of learning may be engaging for this generation mm -hmm. to be able to do something online, but not feel that they have the pressure of being in there at a certain time and, and you know, right. with people looking at them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's some, some great points with that asynchronous. So then the cons are it might have a little bit less accountability because yeah. especially if it's mm -hmm. self-paced. Um, right. <laughs> I know as a parent of students with special needs as well as a special ed consultant teacher, 
sometimes they can make us think that they can't do as much as they really can mm-hmm. and that we're working them too hard and they can't handle it. And so sometimes, you know, not having as much accountability it mm-hmm. can be a con. Um, right. And if you want your child to have more interaction with other adults or with uh, other students, then asynchronous wouldn't be as good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it may be, you know, if you look at doing online and, you know, it, it's just less personal. Right. So, you know, that could fall on the pro or con depending on your child. Mm-hmm. But some people might see that as a con is that, you know, it's not as personal as, um, you know, other options. Yeah. What I've learned with these these asynchronous programs is to have alerts that tell you that your child's actually done the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> if they, they are not an accountable child. <laughs> right. Um, because you can get way behind if um, they're not keeping up with it. So. Right, exactly. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, one of our viewers said, uh, hey, all special needs homeschooler here. And she said, we use easy peasy online homeschool for some subjects and teaching textbooks, which are both, um, I think those are both asynchronous, aren't they? Asynchronous and self-paced. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think I have a slide later that talks about, that has lists both of those programs. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing those up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, so online general pros to online learning. I put expert in quotes because I hate to call, I hate for us mm-hmm. to think about expert teachers like you have to be certified to be expert or something. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the biggest expert on your child. But exactly. when I think about expert teaching, I think, okay, well, you know, my child can find lessons for, you know, things that I don't know anything about. Like we're trying to learn mm-hmm. about ham radio. Well, I can't oh. teach that. You know, I need an expert. I need either a book or I need somebody who knows how to do it. And having mm-hmm. somebody who knows how to do it is way better, right? right. Exactly. Than just a book mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, or like, um, you know, if they're trying to do better with their with a foreign language, let's say they oh, want to learn yes. a foreign language mm-hmm. that I don't know. Okay. They're going to get an expert that's going to teach them and something that I don't have time to learn. Maybe I don't I even want to learn it. Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> or maybe I want to learn too, whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know it. So, so you get some expert teaching. Or if you want somebody who's really passionate about history and mm-hmm. it's not your favorite thing. Or yeah. if you just don't feel equipped to teach Algebra 2. You know, mm-hmm. there are those things where you can get somebody who's an expert to teach. Um, yeah. Also, students can learn things that their parents can't teach well through online learning. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And there are a variety of reasons we, why we may not be able to teach it well. We may not know mm-hmm. it, but we also may not, we may not like it or may not have time to teach it well. Exactly. It may be something mm-hmm. that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, it gives students more responsibility for their own learning. So that yes. can be if they it actually, mm-hmm. if you help facilitate them in that. Yeah. Because yeah. keep in mind. That's a good point. Yes. If just because they're learning online doesn't mean you're not accountable for their education and that you don't need to be involved. You absolutely right. need to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not need to be a helicopter parent or you may, not, but you may, um, right. in, yeah. in my some online my classes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the classes I teach online, some of their parents are sitting right next to them mm-hmm. while they're doing it. And that is fine. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. It really depends on the child. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be a good option for, and I put this in quotes too, working parents, because we are all working parents, Yes. <laughs> especially <laughs> if we have kids with special needs, oh, we are yeah. all working. But if you're working to earn an income or if you're working to keep your garden going or if you're working to keep your farm running or whatever you're working to mm-hmm. do, um, or if you're working with your other children, you know, right. maybe your younger children exactly. or your children who, you know, whatever, you might you might need a little bit of online um, learning to help mm-hmm. you to not have to do that part. Right. Um, yeah. So it allows you to focus on other things as needed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. And you don't have to do the lesson planning. And you can usually just look at, you know, whatever reports come out of these. Some of these programs are great on the parent side. They give you reports. They tell you what your child might be struggling the most. And especially I'm thinking about like math programs. They have all these analytics on the other side. So um, so there is some really good information as a parent that you don't have to try to decipher, especially when you have a struggling student. And you don't sometimes always know what's the root cause of this. And some of those right. programs can really help too. So Yeah. I think of IXL with, with grammar and math, how it can diagnose mm-hmm. and put your child where they need to be essentially and give them practice. Yes. So, what, I mean, that's, parents that's use just that one program. example. They love that for their homeschooling. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. So online right. learning options. Here's a Here's a non-exhaustive list. Yes. A non list. Yes. Here's <laughs> the top ones that come to my mind, but there are so many more out there, and you can do a search for those, and you mm -hmm. can find all kinds of things. Yeah, uh, we but have I'll a lot just, listed on our website too. Yeah. So I'll just uh, highlight a few of these. Um, you know, give you the give you the Cliff's notes. Illuminate Academy. Okay, so that I teach there, so that's why it's number one on the list. <laughs> that's a good. Um, thing. It is online. Um, you can do it asynchronous or asynchronous. But uh, one of the nice features of that is that they have a specialized learning coordinator. Guess who that is? Uh -huh. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> who, can, who can write your child a sort of an IEP of sorts. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's one nice thing. Uh, it's, it's also accredited. So that's nice. Um, yeah. It's not for everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, I just put it out there as students get on a couple times a week uh, for each class yeah. and they go full-time, part-time. Mm -hmm. um, HSLDA has online learning options. Mm -hmm. um, I have not personally used them, but I expect nothing but the best from HSLDA. Right. So, um, you know, HSLDA is, you know, they ha they do have some of those things. Mm -hmm. um, on Arc Learning, I used this a little bit with my one of my daughters when I brought her home for a while um, mm -hmm. in high school. They had some things that, you know, she could take that were online and, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have to do anything. She got graded. And so I liked that. Right. Um, Liberty Online Academy has a, you know, has a, a program. I, I believe it's a fairly intensive program mm -hmm. um, and but connected with Liberty University as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's an option. And then you have, you know, your textbook distributors at Becca and Bob Jones have their own mm -hmm. programs where you can do it based on DVD or you can, you know, do their academy where you're doing it self-paced mm -hmm. you're grading or where you're doing it on their pace and their grading and all, they've got all kinds of options. Right. Um, I civics, I just wanted to point out, it's not really as so much of a curriculum, but it does teach civics and it has hmm. uh, a lot of, it has games and a lot of interesting tools and it's mm -hmm. free. Yeah. So um, I like, I, I think they come from a pretty good point of view on that for the most part. And I mm -hmm. um, have used that in my teaching, my, my history classes and the students are find it engaging. Um, nice. Time for learning, you know, uh, that that's a secular uh curriculum. So I don't typically like to recommend it necessarily for like science, but some of the things that works out okay for that, but it is good for um, your reading and your math. And, you know, you can put kids in different grade levels for different mm -hmm. things. Um, and they have pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. um, easy peasy was mentioned. They have an all-in-one homeschool and an all-in-one high school, completely free. Your student just follows the links. I'm fascinated that, that they did all the research to put all that together and offer it out there for free with donations. Um, and so you just, they have all kinds of subjects and you just pick what works for your child, but I would definitely closely monitor them mm -hmm. as nobody on the other side is doing any of the grading or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, Masterbooks has some courses that you can purchase and Hillsdale Academy has, um, you know, I think, you know, they pretty much have like civics and things like, and government and mm -hmm. that kind of thing, which is free. Um, so, you know, those are things you can check out and see if they work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's so many more. I, I can think of a, oh, several more at, in yeah. my mind right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you made a good point, though, that a lot of the times the free ones do not have the parent helps on the other side. So so it may be free, maybe cheaper, but you are going to be investing time into those more so than some of the, the higher paid ones where right. you do have a teacher or some type of evaluator or um, some sort of sort of system that is tracking all of that for you and giving you that information. We also had a, um, a question from our, uh, one of our user or viewers on Facebook. She said that um, my friend utilized Illumina Ed was called something different previously. It's the one I'm thinking of, but they love it. Okay. Yeah, Illumina Ed just started last year. Um, so I'm not sure it, it's a subsidiary of Renew Nation, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure uh, what you might be thinking of as far as what it was called before, but um, we like it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and you do, it takes a while and that's, that's really good information because um, it, it takes a while to find something that works sometimes and it it's okay. Um, my daughter did an online self-paced course and we loved the program, but the quizzes were horrendous. I won't name mm -hmm. it, but, <laughs> um, but it was something that we, we just decided, you know what, if we ever did this again, we would not use the quizzes 
um, because it frustrated her so much. I would rather have her give her give me oral reports based on what she learned because she ended yes. up doing that at dinner time anyway. She was so excited. It was an American history or American art history course, and it was very fascinating for her. But the quizzes themselves, <laughs> that was a whole new learning curve. <laughs> well, yeah, and so I would love to point that. That's a great point because one thing that um, I've told parents that, that I teach online and, and other people as well is that as a homeschooler in most states, you are going to generate the report card. Exactly. Even if you do mm-hmm. something where you're getting a grade, um, that's up to you whether you want to make that grade stick or give them a different grade or give them a different assessment or that kind of thing. Because a lot of times we feel like these programs are our master and we really need to see them as our servants and use them as, as they're helpful. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, take from it what we can get, even on the right. online, even if they're giving you a grade, you know, you, your child, you know, gets a low grade on an online program, but you feel like they gave their best effort and maybe you go above and beyond and you give them those oral quizzes or whatever yourself, mm-hmm. you can adjust that grade That's on your homeschool report card. Yes, because you're the one that determines what is going to go into their final grade, whether it's participation. I mean, they are grading for that a lot of times on those online. uh, Maybe they are. Um, Sometimes it's just the the tests. And maybe you have some additional projects you want your child to do within that that realm, too. That's going to be part of that grading. so um, the, the thing about the Luminad, um, she said, no, it was um, Ignite Christian Academy, formerly okay. Alpha Omega Christian Academy. Okay. So, so there's two, one more for you. Um, there you go. <laughs> we do have a question from one of our YouTube viewers, though. She goes, how do you figure out appropriate credits for high schoolers if you're the one generating the report card? Yeah. Well, um, you know, to me, what I do is I look at my state requirements. I look at HSLDA. They have some great um, uh, resources there. And actually, that's something I forgot to mention that I do my business is I do help people create their transcripts. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of look at it as since homeschooling is something that you, you know, you design and that you're accountable for before God. Mm-hmm. I look at that as what do I, what are my goals for my child to learn exactly. in this class yeah. in high school? Mm-hmm. And if I feel like they have reached those goals that I feel are appropriate, I'll give them the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pull from a lot of different things. I told you I've got a son who does, um, you know, he does the performing arts. Well, you know, he's had to do a lot of plays. He's had to memorize a lot of plays. He had to read a lot of plays. He's had to do Shakespeare. Okay, that's going to go into his English credit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an English course, but it's yeah, going to go exactly. into that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think about not just their classes, but I think of all of their life experiences. And mm-hmm. I think, okay, what things can I pull in? If they're public speaking, you know, that can go into your English if they're doing something like that. If they're doing, you know. So I just kind of look at, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he takes dance. That's his PE credit. I just yes. look at how can I too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. go about these things and say, okay, they've learned what I think they need to learn. And therefore, they're getting the credit. Now, if they're college bound... Obviously, you're going to want to look at what skills do they need for to be able to do well in college. But even with that, most colleges, you know, will allow you to bring in um, dual credits or like a community college can go. They'll give you even they might even do remedial classes. So if you mm-hmm. missed something, don't be so worried about it, you know, right. because there will be some possibilities of them making that up. So I just kind of look at what do I think are the skills they need? And I can look at mm-hmm. some online sources and see what should be included in this program. And I give them credit. If you think about it in public school, they pass kids through all the time who don't really do the work that you think is needed. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I know this is a special ed teacher. You know, if a child is not going to be able to do algebra one, algebra two and geometry, they're going to take math one, two, and three, and they're going to get that on their high school credits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. just look so at what we ended up putting in mean? like logic and, yeah. you know, things for, for my middle one that just the algebra did not click, but he was able to program things on his computer and do spreadsheets and things that mathematically me with a degree in physics and going through all calculus still can't do. <laughs> so I see that as an accomplishment because those are the things yes. he utilizes every day. He doesn't right. need to do algebra and, and physics. So um, 
So yeah, that's, and somebody even said public speaking too. Yes, that's mm-hmm. a great one. And um, so, but yeah, there are a lot of resources. Um, we actually have on um, the empoweredhomeschool.org. If you want to know a lot about homeschooling high school, we actually have a master class that has um, over 20 some units, just pages and pages of free resources, even some just Um, some of the units are just on creating your transcript with free resources there. And Faith Barron's from HSLDA actually does those, um, those parts of that. We did it as a partnership with some of our other partners. So um, you might want to look into that, but the other question Holly asked from YouTube was, so how do you create a well-written transcript? Um, And again, uh, I always, I don't know if this is advice you give Heather, but I always say don't start your transcript until you've done the first year of high school. Because yes. you just really, I mean, you start putting things on paper and you're going to get really frustrated with yourself and your child because sometimes it just, you, you end up going a different direction usually yes. than your well-planned out idea of what high school is going to look like. And yeah. yeah. Well, what I did too was I just, I went, I took a one template from HSLDA and I pulled it mm-hmm. into a spreadsheet yep. um, and I looked at what each you know, facet of education, you know, English, math, whatever, and, and mm-hmm. just put those down there as these are the things they need. But for example, I have a son right now who's a junior who's taking algebra one and geometry at the same time because mm-hmm. he kind of procrastinated <laughs> and I was kind of letting him take charge of that. Right. And so now he is taking both of those classes online at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, and I don't yeah, suggest that. They're not prerequisites for each other, but yes, it's right. a lot of math. Yeah, It is. <laughs> But, you know, he didn't take him freshman and sophomore year. And mm-hmm. so it didn't look like, like to your point, it didn't look like what you thought it would. Also, you can use eighth grade stuff and put it on your, your high school script. And so I went back mm-hmm. and looked at what did, all, what did my kids do in eighth grade that was transcript worthy. And we started there. So, yes, you know, my, my, my junior has mm-hmm. enough credits to graduate right now. He just needs a few specifics that we still have to go back and get. And so he's going to do it. You know, some of that's right. in his court. Yeah, and you can do a subject-based transcript um, versus the year-by-year, what they do each year. Um, and yes. most most places will accept that. I think the military is the only one that I've heard that doesn't accept a subject transcript. So um, lots of lots of free resources out there, for transcripts. I know we got a yes. little bit off topic, but that was a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, so tutoring, which is another option. I'd yes. love for you to talk about that, too. Yeah, so you can do online or in-person uh, options for tutoring. There's a lot of people who, who offer, you know, online tutoring and that sort of thing. I'm one of them, but, you know, there's plenty of others as well. Um, you want to find a tutor who works well with your child and shares your yes. family's values and worldview mm-hmm. because, like, in my business, I only hire tutors that I discern have a biblical worldview because I realize you might be doing math, but what if the child asks a question during the tutoring that... You know, or they share they some they kind de- of a They develop struggle. a relationship with yes. the teacher. Yes, it's a very important point. Yeah, and then, um, you know, it can be long-term or temporary. Maybe you have a mm-hmm. child that can't read and you just can't teach them and you need a tutor. And then once they can read, you know, they, you're not going to yeah. need that tutor anymore. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you need a tutor to teach them Algebra one or Chemistry. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you want to hire somebody who's going to teach your child, you know, for yeah. long-term. You can do mm-hmm. that as well. Um, and you can have them deliver actual content of a whole class, you know, say, I want Mm -hmm. you to teach my child this thing that I can't teach or whatever, or, um, it can be supplemental or it could be remediating skills. Mm -hmm. Um, but be willing to pay. You might be able to find somebody who will tutor your child for free or barter with you, but Mm -hmm. be willing to pay and be willing to pay a decent amount and make sure Mm -hmm. that you're getting the best for your, your money though. Make sure that that time's being used wisely Um, you know, they don't have to necessarily tutor them an hour a day, five days a week. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, make sure that you're, you know, understand that that tutor's time is valuable as well, but be involved. Mm -hmm. Don't just be hands off with that. Make sure that you know what is going on with your child and tutoring. Make Mm -hmm. sure that your child is actually progressing with that tutor. Um, don't just assume that it's happening. And then six months later, you're like, they don't know how to read yet. What are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> what am make I sure that you're, <laughs> yeah. And, and make sure, you know, communicate with the tutor, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, I think tutoring can be fantastic. Just make sure you're using it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's great. Um, and yeah, that relationship, I, I ended up hiring a gal that has was homeschooled herself 
And she ended up teaching my daughter French for three years. And the two of them were really good friends. You know, they they were maybe about a five-year age difference, but it was really good because they they had that camaraderie that um, I think my daughter, if she would take it from somebody older, probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. So, because they yeah. brought in like Disney movies and they watched those in French. And, you know, she knew all of this, these other things she was interested in and made sure that was like part of her, her sessions. So. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and apprenticeships and mentoring, that's another fantastic option. Yeah. We tend to think about academics mm-hmm. as the education, but education is so much more than academics. Yes. And, you know, maybe your child, uh, for example, I had, um, you know, one of my sons who did an apprenticeship with a tree trimmer for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, he learned mm-hmm. how to trim down trees. Okay. That's a good um, skill. <laughs> yes. And there are programs where people can learn auto mechanics or electrician mm-hmm. work or different plumbing. But there are also, you know, sometimes you can find somebody who will mentor your child in an area that they're, that they're interested in or that they excel right. in. You know what? Maybe mm-hmm. you, you have a, a child who really wants to learn how to can or garden and you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, right. maybe you could, you know, find a friend who does that and, and mm-hmm. help have them help with that or, you know, a variety of things. But just don't just think of academics when you're thinking of education. Um, right. Find somebody who uses those skills and ask them if they'd be willing to apprentice or if they'd be mm-hmm. willing to mentor or if they know somebody who would. Um, yeah. So th- mm-hmm. that's just something I don't want people to forget about that because especially with kids yeah. who have di- special needs, a lot of times... They may be special, have special needs with academics, but they may really excel in a different area. Exactly. Yes, that's so good because and it helps boost their self confidence when they realize I'm I'm good at something and this is counted as school. <laughs> yeah. Instead of everything I do in school, I struggle with, but the rest of life, you know, I, I just have to get through this school thing. Um, they they learn that learning is not as as awful as they they thought it was. So. Well, and you can put that stuff on a transcript too. So keep that in yes, mind. Yes, exactly. That's a very good point. Yep. So some overall tips I have would be if you're outsourcing the learning, whether it's online or in person, just make sure you know the worldview of the provider, that they share your values, that they share your family's goals um, for educating your child. Yes. Um, what works best for your child? You know, if it's just not working, okay, it's okay. Or if it wasn't your ideal situation, but it works well for your child, it may be a good thing as long as it works well for your family. Um, don't be hands-off. You're going to have to be hands-on no matter what you do with your child. Now, that doesn't mean that you're standing there hovering over them and talking about them all the time and nagging them. It doesn't mean that. But mm-hmm. also, you don't want to just be completely hands-off and then be surprised by something. I mean, I've allowed my mm-hmm. children to fail subjects that I've outsourced before because I think it's a good character training for them. Yeah. But I knew they were failing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't right. just surprised by that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You were keeping was, tabs and watching. And, yeah. I looked hands-off, and, and sometimes I wasn't as hands-on as maybe I needed to be. But at mm-hmm. the same time, they also learned valuable lessons. And, yes. you know, like mm-hmm. you said with the transcript earlier, I had a, a child who failed a subject. And so what I did was I said, okay, that's not going on your transcript at all. You're not getting your credit for that, but you're going to need to additionally do this stuff over the Mm -hmm. summer to give you that credit. Okay. Um, If you're doing online, make sure your technology supports online learning Um, because if you are always glitching in and out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be a a problem. It's going to hinder your child's learning. So you may have to invest in boosting your internet or something Mm -hmm. like that um, if you're going to do that. And then some programs are accredited or provide grades and others don't. And accreditation, mm-hmm. I get a lot of questions about that. Um, in your state, it may matter. In mine, it does not. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, but um, you may, accreditation doesn't equal um, excellence necessarily. Yes. It does help though, because mm-hmm. it means somebody has gone through and looked over their program. Mm-hmm. Right. But it also means it has to fit the accreditor standards and the accreditor mm. standards may or may not be your standards and your goals for that child. So right. don't make that, don't say accredited. May be too small of a box for your student as well. Could be. So don't mm-hmm. think that accreditation is everything or it may not even be anything, but it may be good for you. You may like right. that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's something to know about. And then if you're going to like, let's say your child's doing 100% online or outsourced learning, make sure you connect with your children in other ways because, yes. you know, it is such a privilege to have your children home. 
Mm. And a lot of times we don't see it so as a privilege, yes. but it is. And, mm-hmm. and it, the time goes Especially by so quickly. I have, <laughs> yeah, I've got two grown children and it's like the things I know now that I wish I would have known, you know, mm-hmm. I would have been, if I'd have known what I, then what I know now, I would have been able to homeschool for the long haul with them, you know? And so, um, you know, just connect with them and enjoy them and enjoy the relationship and teach them mm-hmm. the things that they can get from you, even if it's informal. Yeah. Um, and then find out if that program, if you're, you know, doing it online or an outsourced program, find out if it can be adapted for your child if needed or yes. if there's special learning that mm-hmm. plans that can be offered. And if so, and is there a cost, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So those are just that. some of the tips right. that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's the same thing with that, that in-person learning is that discussion. It's having that that um, that communication ahead of time as to this is what my child needs. These are the supports that they have they need to have in place in order to make this successful. Can we use that? Um, right. Or, or is it not workable? And and yes, if there is a cost, um, I didn't even think about that, but there there probably are some providers that, that do provide that. And and if if it makes it easier on you and it's something that fits your goals, then, you know, then the cost is probably worth it. Exactly. And sometimes the cost is that you have to add, you know, you might need to add a tutor to your right. program, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so that may be a cost. But, um, well, some of the big things I wanted just to make sure people remember is homeschooling mm-hmm. allows you the opportunity to have a close relationship with your child. Make sure you take advantage of that. Yes. And it's not mm-hmm. just about academics or even primarily about academics, which a lot of people yeah. find surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we look at the next slide, I've got a Bible verse that backs that up very well. And it's Deuteronomy yeah. 6, 4 mm-hmm. through 9. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall mm-hmm. teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit at your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And mm-hmm. what I love about this is that it talks about, to me, the aim of me educating my children is to raise them to love the Lord, to serve their fellow man, and to follow God's commands. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot of that that speaks to academics although yeah. they can learn a lot of character and they can learn to, to, to serve the Lord mm. through the academic disciplines um, and they need those academics. But sometimes I think we elevate them too highly yeah, and then we demote the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we need to be interacting with them mm-hmm. and they're going to learn so much just by our mentoring and our influence, no matter whether we outsource the academics or not. Yeah, yeah. It's I had a, a friend over for Christmas and her two boys and and she was apologizing for how much they they were into things and you know fighting with each other and I was like, Do you realize when we first started homeschooling that character training was all I did? <laughs> I mean, that's, right. it, it's the most important thing. And, and, you know, now I look at it, you know, and just, you know, same thing with your, your oldest being adults. Um, I am so glad I did because mm-hmm. those academics, like you said, you could do two years of math one time, but can you retrain those character traits when they're most impressionable? No, I mean, it's harder. Right. <laughs> you can, yeah. but um, a lot of times it's life lessons that get them kind of hurt as they get older. And so, so really spend that time when they're young, devoting that to their character and, and just what they need to know and to navigate life and to trust your relationship with you. And, and it's all about that back and forth and, and knowing that you're a safe person in their life. And you definitely want that when they're, they're young adults and they, they know they have somebody to go to. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, these these are this is some great information that um, you've shared because I it really dives into yes there's pros there's cons there's things to think about and ways to do it but you can make it so successful if you think through this process um, and Francesca even says that thanks so much for the information encouragement could you talk about focusing strategies for elementary middle school and high school um, we'll see. If Maybe we'll spend a couple minutes on that, and then I'll have you talk about your business. Um, okay. So are we talking about strategies to help them focus? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would say you've got to 
I would say you need to vary things up. So I think it's a great question because especially if you're doing it online, um, oh, yes, just sitting there and, mm-hmm. and doing the work all day long, they need breaks. They yes. need movement breaks. They mm-hmm. need to be doing, you know, you might do an academic thing and then switch up and do a non-academic thing. You mm-hmm. might do a thing they, they find drudgery and then do things that they find to be engaging, Mm -hmm. you know, or there might be rewards like, Hey, you know, you get this done, then you have a 15 minute break or 10 minute break to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, you you know, you've got to look at also, you know, an elementary student does not need seven hours a day. So if you're looking at an online program and they're going to be putting them in seven hours a day, you probably Mm -hmm. want to pick and choose just the things that you want uh, that you Mm -hmm. need. And, And one of the things I failed to mention earlier, but I think important like with my children right now one of my biggest um things that i outsource is the things that i don't want to teach <laughs> you know or the things i don't want to grade right. or the things i know i'm not going to hold them accountable for so for me that's language arts and math yeah. i i outsource uh-huh. that to an online program but mm-hmm. but i try you know it's sometimes other things but you know i i want i love to teach history i love to teach bible i love to teach those things mm-hmm. so i teach them those things and mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I give them the online learning for just the things I feel they need it for, not for everything. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. especially kids who have a hard time focusing or struggling learners, if you stick them in an online all day long and they're having to sit there at a computer all day, it's not going to be the greatest for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or a younger learner. There's so many hands-on mm-hmm. things you can do um, that I think, you know, you know, make lessons in any at any age as short as they can be. Because, and then also, I mean, there's a lot of great videos and things that kids can learn from that have a biblical-based worldview or, you know, they have good character to them or just are very informational and accurate. Take those things um, and, mm-hmm. and, and show them some of those, but not 100% of the time, just here and there. Right. Yeah, yeah, just, and then um, quick, what about re-engaging after the breaks? That's ah. another question. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I think we, yeah, when I, I try to add things back a little at a time. So my, my kids have started back with their online learning this week, but next week we'll pull in some other things. So we just kind of do it as a transition. Right. And I've even heard, you know, like for, for breaks, when you take a brain break, use visual timers, um, things so kids know that this is the end of that free time. And now we're going to be back to school and, you know, help just whatever, try some different things out, see what works best for your family. There's not a one way that works best. Um, but I know with, with my kids, they needed that, that timer. And, and as they get older too, it's good, good for them to have those timers on their phones to know, Oh yeah. Reminder. I mean, I have, I have reminders that tell me to take my vitamins every time I need to take right. them. So we, we are all that way, you know, just kind of forgetful. So it's, it's important to, to build in those, those accommodating strategies you, everybody needs. So, yes. um, yeah. So as we're wrapping up, Heather, I would love for you to talk a little bit about A plus education solutions and um, how our community can connect with you. Yes. So I offer evaluation. I can do it again, as I said, online or in person. I can evaluate for just general um, aptitude and ability, um, IQ testing, that sort of thing, as well as um, I can evaluate for autism and for specific learning disabilities, such as dyslexia and those sorts of things. Um, You know, and also uh, I can do consultation to help you create a plan for your child or help you just get through a tough patch. Um, and um, I, like I said, I can also do things like evaluating for transcripts um, and tutoring. Mm-hmm. So that's those awesome. are the things that I mainly offer. Um, I can help also people with starting up co-ops and things like that as well. Great. That's good to know. Yeah. And, it's, you know, even if you're just thinking about a pod, it's nice to have another person involved in that process to think through all the things you need to think through um, before you launch because sometimes they will surprise you with things that you should have thought about before you did that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, and if you're listening on our podcast and you want to connect with, with Heather at A Plus Education Solutions, it's her website is aplusseducationalsolutions.com. Yes. Awesome. Well, this has been very informative. I have greatly appreciated all that you've had to share. Um, I hope and I, I know by just the comments we've had from from the few guests that have have commented who are watching. And we've had quite a few viewers that um, this is a, 
definitely a much needed topic to discuss. And um, so, so thank you for, for bringing um, all your wisdom and experience. And um, thank you just for all that you are doing too, to share from that um, experience that you do have to help um, younger families and new homeschooling families. So. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been my, uh, my honor to be here. I appreciate you being willing to even um, to host me and I'm excited yeah. uh, to be a part of your uh, ministry to people. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to thank also all of our audience for joining us um, for at our new time. This is now going to be the standard time for empowering homeschool conversations from 1230 to 130 on Tuesday afternoons, kind of like a lunch and learn. Um, but um, this is just the beginning of our, our fifth year of this broadcast and just one of the many resources that we um, have at SPED Homeschool and we make available to families homeschooling or home educating students with learning struggles. Um, and so next week, our focus is again gonna be on school choice, but we're gonna talk about cultivating citizenship, citizenship skills, that's a tongue twister, um, through history lessons because um, as many of you know, history tends to repeat itself. And unless we make the choice to learn from the past and teach those lessons to our children, um, we, we do lessen our options as we go um, through, through history and or just fall into the same trap. So we have a history teacher who will be joining us next week and talking about that, um, that subject. So um, I hope you'll join me then. But in the meantime, make sure to stay connected with us on our website at spedhomeschool.com and our new online learning and community platform, empoweredhomeschool.org. And also don't forget to visit Heather's website at um, A plus um, educational, educational solutions. solutions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dot com. Yeah, I had too many screens going here. So. <laughs> So awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. And we will see you again next week, right here, same time, same place. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.